Well, here we are. I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought by the time I recorded this episode, I thought it would be over. I did, I did. Now, to be honest, I had the Lakers in five. I've been rolling with the whole five thing since the Denver game. So I'm like, yo, Lakers in five. That is the narrative. That is the thing. I thought they was going to sweep them cats. It would have been highly disrespectful if they would have swept the Miami Heat because I said, no matter who makes it in the East, you know, because, you know, at the time, remember, there was a lot of Milwaukee fans. There was a lot of cats pulling for Boston. I showed some love to Toronto. And then, of course, I seen that, that I showed that same type of love to Miami. So I'm like, yo, outside of those teams... It's pretty much trash, right? Comparing the Eastern Conference to the Western Conference, what we do every year, I basically said that, you know, they don't have a chance. The East, that is. And some people call it disrespectful. I call it facts. Um, you know, everybody knows the journey in the West is a little bit more brutal than it is in the East. And... Yeah, uh, it's just been better basketball played on the West for a while, including the playoffs. Now, as much as Miami has been getting, Miami's been getting a lot of respect all season, right? Uh, they started out as underdogs, you know what I mean? Um, and then, and for various reasons, like, you know, they have some unknowns on their team, and they have some, they have some quality role players on a team that came from superb programs out of college. You know what I mean? Like, there's no surprise of what Tyler Hero is doing because, you know, is the reason why he was on that Kentucky roster. Um, Duncan Robinson, on the other hand, is 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 somewhat of a somewhat of a surprise, but also in a perfect situation. Um, Kelly Olynyk, you know that we know we've seen his resume before, um, and he's also played against Braun before. But I will say, you know, the main the main concern was them seeing how Jimmy Butler was going to turn out to be a leader, uh, because you know he started out as a defensive player and turned himself into a bona fide. I guess you can call him. He's like in between a star and a superstar right now. You know. Uh, but he has a lot of credit, you know, but he's also playing, you know, he's playing for an organization that's kept its, kept themselves relevant, um, since Braun left. Uh, so you got to give a lot of, you got to give a lot of credit to Spo, and you got to get a, a lot more credit to the godfather over there and Pat Riley. And seeing how they play throughout the playoffs, you know, they're, they're like the nuggets of the East. You know, where if they go down, they go come back. You know, they when we seen that in the Boston series, and we see them take over the Boston series. Um, so, you know, you fast forward and, and we get the matchup between the Lakers and Miami. And of course, you know, the Lakers being that you know, the evil team. <laughs> you know, the team that everybody I promise you, I'm not sure if it's because of the internet. And it might be, it might be, because we all know with the internet, it comes a lot of trolls. Not necessarily Laker fans and or haters. You know, they're just trolls in general. But it also gives people a much larger platform 
much larger voice in front of a lot of people that they wouldn't necessarily reach back in the early 2000s, late 90s. Why? Because we didn't have platforms like that. The internet was just images and information at the time. Now is more is is personal personal images and personal information and videos and clips and all kind of shit. You know, podcasts, uh, audio clips and visuals and the internet is just wild, right? It's a whole totally different world. But I've never seen this much hate towards the Lakers, and I think and they and they say you know. I guess I can link this to a lot of uh, a lot of negative shit, a lot of vivid shit that goes in a world where, you know, we weren't seeing so much violence, so much graphic shit because it wasn't recorded. And I'm I'm fifty fifty with that. I don't believe it was that crazy back in the day, but I also believe that you know some shit would have been you know caught on camera. I just don't think it was happening as much as it is now because there's to me there's a thirst, there's a hunger for attention, and and sometimes some of that shit is just created. It's not even developed organically. Some of this shit is created to catch people's attention, right? I digress, but I get back to the finals, and you know we go up two games, and I'm like, you know, because I already got a shirt printed up, and I was waiting to release it. But I'm like, damn, this shirt ain't really going to make too much sense if they end up sweeping Miami. But I'm fine with that because if we sweep Miami, that means the series is over. We won a championship. We have 17. We're tied with Boston. We're at the top of the world. I could take a rest from debating with anybody, right? Um, but now we're on track, you know? And if you've seen the – if you watch the narrative of our – Bubble play, you know, we're we're going to lose that first game. You know what I mean? Like we're going to lose we're we're going to lose the game in general, but you know that first game is what what, what got Cats hyped up. You know what I mean? They started with Portland, went on to Houston, then the Nuggets, um, and then then things changed around once we got to the Western Conference. I mean, once we got to the finals, came out the gate strong. You know, Miami lost there too. One, you know, two of their most important players, um, and life goes on, you know. And they played hard game three. I told my wife, I said, this is, this is the one game that I'm mostly concerned about because this is the closeout game before the closeout game. You know, this is the one where, this is the gut puncher. This is the one that it hit them so hard to where they might not even want to show up for game four. Cause it's like it's 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 a it's a tougher now winning game three for Miami and I'm just being I'm just trying to show a little bit of shed a little bit of light you know what I mean it's hard for a lot of cats to do that but winning a game three um, gives you motivation to go out there and play extra hard for game four to tie it up then that start then you're back to zero now it's the best out of three right. Um, I will say this: it's not, it's not, it's it's a slight disrespect, but not really, because it's actually the truth. I don't think there's an Eastern team out there that's ready for the West, right? Not just the Lakers, but you know, 
the Clippers, you know, on paper, got a strong squad. Yes, do they have leadership problems? Absolutely. Um, they didn't show up in big moments, and that that can be corrected. You know what I mean? That's it's all a mental game. Like all those cats on the Clippers can actually play the game. That's why they're in the league. They're they're playing amongst the best players in the world, so they can actually play. It's just a mental aspect. It's just a leadership aspect, right? You know, you also got the Nuggets. You got Houston. You got Portland, like I said. And Portland was a team that, you know, if it wasn't for the pandemic and the bubble, they might not have even had a chance to make it to the playoffs. And that's still a good team. It showed that even if you don't make it to the playoffs, you can still compete. Shout out to Phoenix as well. You know, but I, 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 can, I can name a handful of teams that'll get an East a run for their money. When you look at Boston, slightly disappointing, even though I don't really care as a Laker fan, but I'm slightly disappointed because of all of the talent that they have and the coach that they have. The coach, that's the next up. That's the next up. After Pop is out of here, man, they're going, they're going to be on a search for who's going to be the top coaches in the league to play for, right? And it's not Doc. As much respect as we got for Doc, Doc has a track record that's not good. You know what I mean? And now that he's down there in Philly, who knows if that's a great matchup or not for him? Yeah, that's a whole nother show. Don't really care about Philly. Uh, when you talk about Toronto, they're well coached. What are they still missing a piece, obviously. You know, Siakam is their guy, but is he their guy? Is he the guy? You know, Milwaukee. A lot of questions around that. I mean, early on, I mean, shout out to D Murph. Like, why are we handing out the trophy so late in the in in, in the season? Or I, I guess you know, in the playoffs, when bro, is what have you done for us lately? Type of attitude. And that's a whole nother. That's a whole other argument. Some cats wanted Giannis to win. Some cats wanted Bron to win. Quite frankly, I really don't care. I, I truly believe that at some point they should have the playoffs involved. I mean, because if you're going to eliminate cats that that don't have a that don't have the number one record, number one team record from discussion, then you might as well eliminate cats that don't make it to the playoffs in general. Because as soon as we get to the playoffs, and you have a you have a thirty a thirty fifteen and ten season. In the in the regular season, then you get in the first or second round, and you out of here. Yeah, it's kind of ugly. It's kind of ugly. I understand though. We can't. We all can't have it our way. And they they not gonna give it to Bron every year, although they can. You know. Um, but moving along to Game Three, uh, I figured a lot of people would finally wake up. You know, I'm I'm surprised that the ratings are still somewhat, you know, high because. Um, you know, for obvious reasons. I'm not hearing any type of speech after a Lakers win. No type of critiquing after the game. With a, you know, Miami get a win. I knew there was going to be a little bit of chit-chatter. Obviously, we know it's going to happen. I mean, the downfall is crazy. The down, I mean, look, man. This is something we got to deal with. But I will say this. Like... At some point, we got to start talking with, like, common sense. You know what I mean? I'd rather have talked about my whole Raiders game and how I really can't put it on Derek Carr on this one because our defense is just, you know. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, let's look at what happened, all right? In this game three, 
We shot 43% from the field. Miami shot 8% better. You know what I mean? They shot 51% from the field. We can't really blame it on the three-point shooting, right? Because I feel like if we even out, then we got to slug it out. So we was 14 of 42. 14 of 42. That's 33%. Whereas Miami was 12 of 34, 35%. 1% higher. This is where it took a turn for the worse. The 19 turnovers, right? And those 19 turnovers came fast. I want to say we had like nine in the first half or in the first qu- I know we had like six in like the first quarter or some shit like that. AD get in foul trouble. AD gets in foul trouble. He has a, he has a handful of turnovers himself. Careless turnovers. Those 19 turnovers turned into 21 points off of turnovers. And not only that, Miami's biggest lead was 14 points. Our biggest uh, lead, was, I think, was like four, at, if I'm not mistaken. That didn't come until the fourth quarter, right? So they kept a little gap between us, and it was usually around that nine, ten-point mark. Nothing, Obviously, nothing higher than 14, and we went up by four at one point, right? We had some bad offensive, half-court offensive possessions. We really did. We really did. That's the only thing that I can actually critique Vogel on is that he didn't draw he didn't draw them in. It felt like a bad game, not from the beginning, because if, in the beginning it started out with a lob. And which would the the common fan, even the common Laker fan, would say, "Oh, this shit is over. These niggas just throwing lobs everywhere." You know, I think the white caught about two or three lobs that game, um, but. I, actually, not two or three. He caught two because I think he only ended up with four points. Yeah, yeah. So, um, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I know Kuz, Kuz had a solid game, but it wasn't loud enough, right? Marquise actually had the loud game, and they both had the same amount of points. Kuz had 19, Marquise had 19. But his 19 was Marquise 19 was more impactful. Honestly, I didn't know he had. I didn't know. I did not know Kuz had 19 until I looked at the the box score. Until I looked at the stats, then that's when I found he had 19. And we really didn't need that 19 as far as because he didn't have the impact. I was more concerned about him playing better defense on Jimmy Butler, and he has been playing somewhat better defense on Jimmy Butler than anybody in the bubble. You know what I mean? But it just didn't show last night because Jimmy Butler had to score 40 points. He had to score 40 points. Now, we lost by 11. I want y'all to hear this. We lost by 11. Um, That was just towards the end of the game. But this is what stands out. That out of J.R., KCP, Danny Green, we'll get to him in a minute, Caruso, and Dwight Howard, I think they had a combined 22 points, right? They had a combined 22 points. Whereas Tyler Hero had 17, Kelly Olynyk had 17, Duncan had 13, Crowder had 12. Now, around, they are around their average for the series. That's their average. And maybe Crowder is playing a little bit above his means. I mean, he's supposed to be doing more than that, honestly. 
Um, but when you have those four role players averaging double-digit points, and then you look at our role players, which they, I said four names on their side, we had, a, we had to combine one, two, three, four, five names that combined for 22 points. That's not going to get it. And, you know, shout-out to uh, Jar. Shout-out to Manny, you know. Uh, we've been texting a little bit and shit like that, and we've been discussing, you know, greedy. You know how greedy Laker fans are. We've been discussing who should the MVP award go to. And up until game three, everybody was a landslide. It's going to go to AD. Now, we've had our debates and we've had our arguments about why it would go to Braun and why it shouldn't go to Braun, why it would go to AD and why it might not go to AD. And that's because I said the game that AD scores under 25 points, under 30, really, I really said under 30, then that's when they're going to give Braun an opportunity to get in that argument. Because even though both of them had a bad game, AD had a real bad game. It's almost like um, it's almost like the finals uh, against Golden State and um, and Cleveland when when Steph had that one bad game and KD went off. And KD bad game wasn't so bad, right? And that and that right there had that took. That took Curry's chances of getting a finals MVP, right? It might be the same thing with Bron and AD because AD had 15 points and five rebounds. That's very pedestrian. That that right there, that's supposed to be that's supposed to be a great game for Dwight Howard. You know what I mean? Or or one or the other, or KCP, or, you know, Caruso. You know, and Caruso, out of all them besides Kuz and Marquise, he the one that put up the most points with eight. Caruso's doing his thing, you know what I mean? It's just that he, he at times got to make more of a, he has to make more impactful shots himself. Because um, uh, clearly we didn't, we didn't shoot well that game. Um, but Bron had 25, 10, and eight assists. Now, for his standards, that's pretty average. But if we're talking about, say, the series over in five, we pretty much know that they got to come out blazing in the next game, in game four, that is. And then, of course, if we win game four, then game five is going to be the deciding factor of, I mean, game four could be the deciding factor of the MVP, finals MVP. Both of them got to play. But we all know that some people say that AD has to be the best player on the Lakers. I disagree with that. I disagree, but understood what was being said. AD does have to be the best player on the team, but that team is nothing without Bron's energy on the court. I don't care who you have. On defense, I don't care who Bron's counterpartner is. When Bron is on a mission, the team follows suit. That's called true leadership. With if and that's and that's even with him out. Well, that's that's without him barking. But you know, with with him being on the steamroll, he's going to say something. He's going to get the team riled up. 
it just seemed like there was a little bit lethargic out there. It was seen. It was, it was like, yo, we're going to take a break, which I don't understand. That part I don't agree with, because I feel like certain, I feel like certain superstars, alive and gone, would have tried to put their foot on their throat. Get this out of the way. I mean, this is the unusual. We're under unusual circumstances anyway, so it's like, let me take advantage of this right now, get this shit out of the way so I can get back home. Prolonging it, I don't, you know, outside of just wanting to see more games being played, all right, but let's just get this shit out of the way. But dropping 15 points and five rebounds, that's not going to help. 25 points and 10 rebounds, that's cool, but was it impactful? And don't get me wrong, like, we made a comeback. But we we made a comeback against ourselves. I just said we had 19 turnovers total. They scored 21 points off of those turnovers. We shot 33% from three-pointers. And not only that, we shot bad three-pointers. How many times did, and Miami did too, but my concern is not with Miami. How many times did we shoot some shit that came off the side of the backboard? On the other side of the back, on the other side of the rim. Like, we just throwing shit up. There was a play where um, a half-court set where, where Danny Green and, and AD was playing a two-man game, and they couldn't figure the shit out. Danny Green kept running behind AD. AD didn't know what to do, clock running down. And then he gives the ball to Danny Green with a couple of seconds left, and he just tosses that shit up. Like, we can't have possessions like that. And then we had uh, we had three possessions in a row where we shot three three-pointers in a row, all bad shots. I think maybe one of them was we was wide open. But it's like, yo, at some point we got to pump fake, take that to the rack, shoot that mid-range, and that's where we do miss Avery Bradley. Maybe, and, and, and we miss him a lot because he would probably be the primary, de- the primary de- uh, defender on Jimmy B. You know, but that's that, that that milk hasn't been cried over since the since the first game of the playoffs against Portland. We knew we wasn't gonna have them, and but that's just to go. It, it goes to show what we're missing is that mid is that perimeter defense and that mid range shot, and that's it. I mean, besides the mid range shot, I prefer you to go to the bucket over the mid range. And AD is probably the best mid-range shooter we got right now. And even that comes with a step back or a fadeaway. Same with Bron. These niggas can't shoot a straight-up <laughs> straight mid-range. Everything has to be a fadeaway or, or something like that. But, yeah, we got to figure it out. I mean, I think it was more so with beating ourselves. The only concern I would have is that if they come up with that same energy... With a full Miami, well, almost full Miami team, because I don't think Dragic is coming back. I'm not sure if he's going to play on that. The only player that I knew to play on that injury was Gasol, and he wasn't 100%. He didn't look all that fancy. He tough through it, but I don't, I'm not sure. You know what I'm saying? He's a point guard, so not to say that he has a harder job than what Gasol has. I just know he has to pound that rock a lot, and he got to bring that ball up. As far as Bam, like, you know, that's a tough. That's a tough situation in itself. If you have any injury, you know what I'm saying. I mean, unless you have some finger injuries where you could tape it and stuff like that, you could wheel through that. You could power through that. But a neck injury or a back injury or something like that, you you got to go down there. You got to bang with the bigs. 
You got to go to the rack and get hit a little bit, even if it's from the guards or the forwards. Um, what do I expect for tomorrow's game Tuesday? I expect us to, and it might be, it, it might even be a tight one. I mean, a tight one. We probably win between somewhere between five to ten points. That's a, that's really a tight one considering the circumstances. Um, but Cats got to wake up, and I and I would I would love to see. I know Deion Waiters had not too long ago had been cleared to actually play contact. You know, I know he had the groin injury and stuff like that. Jr. I would actually say this. Shout out to Vogel. Um, and it's hard to put him in the rotation, but I think defensively he will give Tyler Hero some issues, and he did in game two just for a little bit. And it's not that it's not that Jr. has superb perimeter defense. It's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. His style of play, he knows he knows where Tyler is going to be at. And he knows how to get to those spots when Tyler is going to be there. That's it. It's all it's all about him reacting to what Tyler is going to do. And if you take out him, because honestly, Tyler is the second best option on that Miami team under Jimmy Butler. Once he gets going, it's is is it's, it's action time. But I think JR is a perfect player to give him. I mean, Caruso, Caruso has been our, one of our defensive players, right? And he, but he's more of a pest, you know what I mean? And he can get to that rock. He's a, he has, he has a, a nose for the rock, but I want, I want players to feel uncomfortable in their spots because it's one thing to play good straight up defense. And there's another thing is to get to their spots to make them uncomfortable to get uncomfortable shots off. And I think, I think. JR can do that against Tyler Hero. Duncan is one of those players where if you you gotta you gotta take him out the game before he thinks about shooting. And then we're okay. Because he's actually when he gets confidence, he will let that shit glow. He will let that shit go. You know what I mean? But also at the same time, when we get those mismatches, we gotta punish them cats. And that's where the the White Harbor comes in. Um JaVale McGee hasn't been used much, but he can be used if he's used in the right way. And that means and that means if we're going to get Olenek and we're going to get Jimmy Butler, because sometimes Jimmy Butler is going to be running the four and a five, we got to get him in foul trouble. And no better player to do that but Dwight and uh, JaVale McGee. Uh, at the same time, depending on what time of pace we're trying to run, then we don't need JaVale. I don't think Miami has an answer for JaVale. Uh, at the same time, if JaVale is not up up for running that floor, grabbing and going, then it's not much use for him. And we have too we have too much size for us not to be pounding it in the side of the paint, point blank period. And not just pounding it, we need to go to the rack because we have a better opportunity of getting offensive rebounds, point blank period. And that's what we got Javale there for. That's what we got Dwight Howard there for. You know, so even though I'm on AD head about having five rebounds, I'm okay with him having five rebounds. If that's spread it out through our other bigs, if our other bigs is somewhat getting, you know, double digit, double digit rebounds, I'm actually fine with that. That means we put them out there to cause havoc inside that paint where AD can do his shit outside the paint. Just taking some of the load off from him. But at the end of the day, like I said, I understand what people said. AD needs to be the best player because, like I said, if he was the average 30 points, in, the game would have been over. He had 15, half of his average, half of his average. That's not good. We lost by 11, half of his average was not put up. 
We shot bad from three. We gave up uh, 19 turnovers. 19 turnovers to 21 points. So it's more about playing for us than playing against us. Miami's going to do their thing, and they're going to be some dogs. But I just don't think that dog barking bite is big enough to take us down. No disrespect. Shout out to my boy Delvin Cox down there uh, in, in Florida. But... It is what it is. We supposed to. We're not supposed to beat ourselves like this. At the same time, like the late great Aaron Rodgers once said, <laughs> "Relax, relax." 